Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy on this beautiful spring-like day. I know there's still snow out there, but it's fast a-melting with the sun uh, shining down on it and the temperatures in the 50s. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day, giving us just a little touch of spring, even though we're a little more than three weeks away from it. But, uh, hey, listen, you look at the long-range forecast, it doesn't look like there's between, for the next two weeks anyway, the the app that I use, uh, weather app, um, the next two weeks, upper 40s and 50s. So no snow there. (laughs) So when I was saying to Cheryl this morning, I said, you know, I know we've had a lot of storms this winter, um, but here we are, the 24th of February already. I said, it seems like the winter has gone by very fast, the season. Anyway, we thank God for every day because this is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. And I am glad you are here on this Wednesday. Uh, normally, the Holy Father gives a general audience. I didn't see that he gave one today. Um, so I do want to share with you then some of his message for Lent. Here we are a week after Ash Wednesday, a week into Lent. How are you doing, by the way, <laughs> with all of your uh, Lenten uh, sacrifices and other uh, spiritual exercises? I hope you're hanging in there. And if you have fallen a little bit, don't worry. Just pick yourself back up and start all over again, as the song goes. And uh, you'll make it, and we'll all make it. But uh, So let me share with you today some of our Holy Father's words from, uh, of course, I can't do the whole message, but some of uh, the message from uh, for Lent. And then I thought we'd go back to uh, one of my favorite books that I got many, many, 1992, <laughs> so almost almost 30 years ago, the Vatican Collection, Va- Volume 1, Vatican Council 2, the conciliar and post-conciliar documents. Uh, these came, as I said, I bought this book. I don't even know why, honestly, what inspired me in 1992, I was right in the thick of my corporate life, um, but there was a, uh, maybe there still is, I don't know, but there was a beautiful little Catholic shop up in, uh, near where I worked in Horsham, Pennsylvania, which was Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and uh, it was called the Catholic Shop, and it was a beautiful little store and run, run by a family, and I used to go in there on my lunch hour sometimes, it was very peaceful, <laughs> and they always had lovely uh, spiritual inf- uh, um, instrumental music playing. and Anyway, I remember buying this book back in 1992. Um, I guess the Lord, you know, placed it on my heart, get it, because you're going to use it a lot. And there are many dog-eared pages, and the pages are yellowing. I've used it a lot. We're going there today uh, to the um, dogmatic constitution on the church. Make sure I get it correct, because... Uh... Lumen Gentium, that's what I thought, Lumen Gentium. 
Uh, and there's a section in there on the laity. You know, I, I, I want to talk, and I've been talking a lot about the laity. And, you know, this apostolate, domestic church media, is a Catholic lay apostolate. Certainly we answer to uh, the local ordinary, the bishop, Bishop O'Connell, our friend. Um, but we are a Catholic lay apostolate. And, and I was sharing with you a while back from these same documents, uh, there's a document on the apostolate of lay people. You know, we, we don't leave it up to the priests and the bishops and the cardinals and the pope to do everything. <laughs> we are the majority of members of this beautiful mystical body. And every single one of us, by virtue of our baptism, is called to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And so I want to share with you uh, from 1964 what the Council Fathers wrote in Lumen Gentium regarding the laity. And we have to remind ourselves of this, you know, what our role is, and that we just don't sit back and let, uh, let the days pass. We're all called to be missionary. We're all called to be evangelists. And so we'll talk about that. I don't want to get off the track here. Let's, let's first pray. And as always, my brothers and sisters, I invite you to join me in prayer. Whatever your special intentions are, I'll ask you, please, I have two intentions, one personal. Keep that in your, in your prayers if you would. Uh, the Lord knows uh, what it is, and also to pray for the apostolate. Um, you know, this whole pandemic situation really threw a curveball at us. Uh, we were on such a high uh, two years ago after a wonderful radiothon, um, and that kind of carried us through, and, and we entered into last—we were supposed to have our radiothon last spring. Uh, it was scheduled for the first week in April. Of course, the pandemic uh, threw a wrench into that, so we had to postpone it until December 1st, which was very successful. Uh, we raised $144,000, uh, but that represented 50% of what we need for the entire year. Plus, because we didn't have the Radiothon in the spring of last year, we really had many shortfalls along the way leading up to the Radiothon. So that Radiothon... Uh, the, 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 how generous you all were. We're so grateful that really kind of filled in some of the potholes behind us from the previous month. So we're just really in a situation where we do need you. And I ask you, please, to pray again. You know, we ask our dear Mother Angelica, who we're going to come up to her fifth anniversary. I can't believe it's been that long of her entrance into eternal life. And, of course, she's a special patron of ours. Mother knew very well in the very beginning of this apostolate uh, as I was would sit in my basement <laughs> and just do what had to be done to try to find people to support us, and I would I would fax mother. They gave me her personal fax number, and uh, I would fax her with my special prayer requests. Uh, not every day, but <laughs> as we had special intentions, and they assured me, mother is very much aware, Jim, of what you're doing and what domestic church media is doing. So we know she's still working on our behalf. Uh, so pray, because we do need uh, some special financial assistance right now. That's just the bottom line on all that. Let's pray for family, uh, and we're consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. This beautiful prayer, my friends, they're, they're yours for, the, for free. We want to send them to you. Uh, when we complete our prayer, I'll tell you how to get that as well. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O oh, Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. 
we entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church, where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael and Blessed Mother to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. We're also adding to protect our country from the attacks of the devil and also adding to protect our families from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, uh, we have many, many copies of this beautiful prayer of consecration to the Holy Family, courtesy of the Knights of Columbus. Uh, we want to send them to you. They're free. All you have to do is go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Just type it in, domesticchurchmedia.org. And up on the top, there's a link for prayer. Just uh, put your cursor over that word, and a little, a little uh, drop-down menu pops down, and click on the consecration prayer. And all we ask you for is your name and your address and how many you want, and uh, we're happy to get them out to you. They're free, no charge. Let's consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. You know, the Church teaches, as the Second Vatican Council stressed, that the family is the basic cell of society. And uh, St. Pope John Paul II said, as the family goes, so goes the world. You know, and we see the attacks and have seen the attacks on family uh, with the attempted redefinition of what marriage is by our own Supreme Court um, you hear all these um, discussions and conversations of gender identity, uh, two moms, two dads, all that stuff. And we know that God tells us in his word, male and female, he made them, you know, man and woman, one man, one woman. That's marriage between one, a, a, a lifelong union between one man and one woman, period, this whole skewing of, of ideology and ideas and redefining, attempts to redefine, because they can't redefine that. You can't redefine what you are. You're either a man or a woman. You're either a male or a female. That's it. Bottom line, that's it. Now, 
You know, it's getting dangerous to say that now even, unfortunately. Um, But, hey, listen, we have to speak truth here, right? And that's why, my friends, it is so important, first of all, to consecrate our families to the Holy Family, to build up the, the body of Christ here on earth, not to tear it down. Let's stop going after each other at each other's throats, backstabbing, finger-pointing, accusing, and all that other stuff, judging. Let's just build up our families one by one, united in Christ in the mystical body, and do whatever we need to do as disciples of Jesus by virtue of our baptism to make disciples of all nations by our witness, by our love. It's so important, and it's so important now, my friends, to have an apostolate such as this where people can go to get that truth. You know, for the past few years, and I'm one of them, you know, you go turn on the cable news networks, you turn on your favorite uh, talk show, whatever, you know, and hear, you know, with all the politics that was going on and all the lead up to the election, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's over. And here we are. Still in the, hopefully, toward the end of the pandemic, I'm praying, please God, that this thing ends soon. Uh, But we have a a political climate in this country uh, where there are individuals who really want to make enormous changes to our culture. And they're not just going at taxes and, and other political issues. They're going after these social issues as it regards the family. The attack is coming directly. And, and Sister Lucia said, before she passed away, Sister Lucia, one of the seers from, uh, from Fatima, said the final battle will be for the family. So let's consecrate our families to the Holy Family. Get your free copy, no charge. We even, we, we even pay the postage. But go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and then scroll over the prayer link and uh, fill out your name and your address and how many you want, and we'll get them out to you. They're free. Pass them out. You can request more than a few. We have, uh, you know, a few thousand, I believe. Um, so, um, and this is courtesy of the Knights of Columbus. Let's get these out there. And my friends, again, please support us because we can't do any of this without you. The Lord has blessed us so much. You know, this year, 2011, no, it's not 2011, it's 2021. (laughs) This year, 2021, is the 10th anniversary of the launching of our large FM station, 89.3. It was launched in May of 2011, 10 years ago. And I know we have many listeners who tune in on that wonderful station, WFJS 89.3 FM, over in Monmouth, Ocean Counties, even parts of Middlesex County. Uh, It even bounces across the harbor there into parts of Staten Island and Brooklyn. So what a great way to say thank you, Jesus, for the gift of that particular Catholic radio station, one of our four stations uh, in this anniversary year, the 10th anniversary of 89.3. Uh, by supporting us, you know, it, it, it's taken a lot. It takes a lot every every month to pay these bills that come in. And, um, you know, when the donations don't come in, that's our only source of revenue, your generosity, your gifts. So please, 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 I ask you. And, you know, I hate asking for money. It's one of my least favorite. It is my least favorite thing to do. 
But I have to be honest and I have to, you know, lay it on the line and tell you what we need. And our need right now is your financial assistance over these next couple of months into, as we, you know, we're not, we're only a few months away from summer, believe it or not. And summertime is also a difficult time for us. So we're trying, I'm praying a lot about it. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What do we need? No, Lord, you've sustained us all these many years. Uh, he has me go through these roller coasters rides sometimes, but uh, I've thrown it out to you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, our domestic church media family, to tell you what our needs are. So pray about that if you would. Let's go to uh, Holy Fam, Holy Father, <laughs> Holy Family, Holy Father. Well, we're all striving for holiness, right? And this is his message for Lent. Is uh, this year, and I'll sh- obviously I won't go through the whole the whole message. It's, it's a few pages, but just to, to begin and share this with you, where Pope Francis said, "Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus revealed to his disciples the deepest meaning of his mission when he told them of his passion, death, and resurrection in fulfillment of the Father's will. He then called the disciples to share in this mission." For the salvation of the world, to share my brothers and sisters in this mission. Holy Father said, in our Lenten journey towards Easter, let us remember the one who humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He said, and he writes, during this season of conversion, let us renew our faith, draw from the living water of hope, and receive with open hearts the love of God who makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we, we hear that word a lot. So maybe we hear it enough that we become immune to the true and deep meaning of what conversion is. St. Pope John Paul II said that uh, conversion isn't just a, a one-time you know, flash of light and I've been converted St. Pope John Paul II said conversion is a lifelong journey. You know, we're, we're all striving to become better. And sometimes we take those two steps forward and one step back. Or sometimes we take one step forward and two steps back. But that doesn't mean we failed. It just means that we've, you know, hit a bump in the road a little bit. And we got to improve. We have to work on that. Lent every year reminds us of this that this is a season of conversion, a season of, you know, we begin our our journey on Ash Wednesday, and we're reminded that we are dust, and to dust we will return, that we have these next six weeks leading up to the glory of the Easter Triduum, the glory of Easter, to become holier than we are today. Uh, you know, we were a week out of Ash Wednesday, so are we any holier today than we were a week ago? Have we stuck to those uh, exercises that we set for ourselves, those goals, those, those uh, things that we were going to do or, or not do in Lent? Well, if you, if, you, if you are and you've stuck to it, great. God bless you. Keep going. Uh, if you've fallen a little bit here or there, that's okay. Just start over. And if you, you know, maybe fell the first day, some people <laughs> fall on Ash Wednesday and say, that's it, I can't do it. Yes, you can. 
Do the best you can. The Holy Father said during this season of, of conversion, let us renew our faith and draw from that living water of hope and receive with open hearts the love of God. He said at the Easter Vigil, we will renew our baptismal promises and experience rebirth as new men and new women by the working of the Holy Spirit. He said this Lenten journey, like the entire pilgrimage of the Christian life, is even now illumined by the light of the resurrection, which inspires the thoughts, attitudes, and decisions of the followers of Christ. You know, we, we hear the numbers of people who consider themselves to be Catholic, who maybe go to Mass, Easter, Christmas, they don't go weekly or on holy days as they should. When we know many Catholics who may be weekly mass goers who don't live a very good life between Sundays. I remember uh, Cardinal Francis Arenze, a wonderful uh, holy cardinal from uh, Africa. At one time he was considered papabile, considered possibly, uh, you know, pope material. Uh, but I remember first hearing Cardinal Arenze it's got to be, I bet, 30 years ago when I was starting my own journey from my uh, corporate world and life and aspirations into apostolate. And I used to drive to work in the morning, and, and I had a, a, it was a catechism series done by uh, Jerry Conacher from the Apostolate for Family Consecration and Cardinal Francis Arenze, a beautiful series. It was on cassette tape. This is how old it is, long ago it was. I used to pop the cassette in my car and listen. And uh, I, I probably still have it. I probably should have it transferred to uh, digital. You know, it's a wonderful series. Um, but Cardinal Arenze um, spoke a little limerick on one of those, and I've never forgotten it. And he said, Patty Smith, went to Mass, he never missed a Sunday, but Patty Smith went to hell for what he did on Monday. <laughs> so you see, you know, there are even those Catholics who are regular Mass-goers who aren't living a good life. And we all sin, right? But we know the numbers. We know the numbers are dwindling. Those Catholics, less and less and less, you know, the numbers from... 20% to 18% to 17% only. And, of course, now with the pandemic, nobody's sure about what the return rate is going to be. I've heard discussions, you know, pastors and parish councils and parishes and dioceses looking ahead to that day. Please, God, I, and I heard, and I don't I guess this is a diocesan thing. I don't know, but Cheryl said that in the Diocese of Metuchen, the mass attendance now can increase to fifty percent of the parish of the church capacity, and that's pretty good. We're on our way, right? But nobody knows what the return rate is going to be. I said to Cheryl last night when she was telling me that, I said, "You know, we might see a, a, a people are so anxious to get back, we may see all of a sudden just a, a, a an influx of people coming back to mass. Wouldn't that be great? But you'd hate to think that people would." having not had to go because of the dispensation, get into the habit of not going. 
So we pray that those hearts are open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to call them back to Mass. And you can go now. I mean, of course, space is limited and attendance numbers are limited, but you still can go. I'm not comfortable sitting in, in, in Mass wearing a mask. I don't like it. It's very distracting to me. But, you know, you want to go, you want to receive the Lord, you got to do it that way right now. But we have this, 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 this opportunity during this beautiful season. I mean, I got, I got, you know, I got a, a, a donation today. Got a number of them. Thank you for all of you who are sending. And but someone wrote to me, and it was an anonymous uh, gift, cash gift, and with a little handwritten note inside saying, "Thank you for all you do. Your radio station is responsible for my return to the church many years ago." So you never know how the Holy Spirit's working. That's why I say it's so important that we have this apostolate here, because we may have a lot of Catholics who left who maybe just in, in channel surfing or station surfing on their car radio come across this station and say, ooh, let me listen. They listen secretly. But Holy Father went on. He said, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, as preached by Jesus, enable and express our conversion. The path of poverty and self-denial, that's fasting, concern and loving care for the poor, almsgiving, and childlike dialogue with the Father in prayer make it possible for us to live lives of sincere faith, living hope, and effective charity. We hear that a lot, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. When we talk about Lent, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. And this path, as Holy Father described, this path of poverty, this path of self-denial, in our fasting, this concern and, and loving care for the poor in our almsgiving and in this beautiful childlike dialogue with the Father in our prayer. Those three things put together make it possible for us to live lives of sincere faith, of a living hope and a, an effective charity. Now he goes on to break them down, and, and this will be well worth our Going back to this perhaps next Wednesday, maybe we'll make Wednesday uh, sharing this letter these next few Wednesdays in Lent uh, from the Holy Father as he delves into the, the f prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But he talks about faith calling us to accept the truth and testify to it before God and all our brothers and sisters. And these days, my friends, you know, especially if you're working hard and striving to live our Catholic faith, our beliefs, our teachings, the foundation of who we are as disciples of Jesus, in so many ways come under attack regularly in our culture and in our society. I mean, we, Cheryl and I, we, you, know, we sit, you watch the news at night or you watch something on TV, and the commercials, some of these commercials that whatever the, what, I don't even know what the products are that they're advertising because we're so distracted by the fact that they'll show two men or two women uh, showing physical affection to each other as if that's a norm. It's not. It's not. But the, it's being presented and we're being enculturated. John Paul used to use that word a lot. We're being enculturated, indoctrinated 
And we, as people of faith, we look at that and we think, this is not right. Unfortunately, younger people who have been raised in many ways by the culture with through no fault of the parents, because a lot of times, you know, the kids go away to college and then that's it. But they've been, Archbishop Chaput said that many years ago, that we've allowed the culture to catechize our people. And when young people become catechized by today's culture, their catechism, quote, with using air quotes around it, is an abomination of teaching. But people are now are, are becoming afraid to speak up against those things and speak out against those things for fear of being called a bigot or a hate monger or a homophobe. You know, go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Read what it says about homosexuality and homosexuals, that individual people, children of God, with those tendencies deserve every bit of respect and dignity as people, as children of God. We don't certainly condone the actions if they partake in that type of of, uh, behavior. But we have to love them. We're called to love them. And sometimes people have a difficult time balancing out the two. But you think about individuals who, you know, are committing other major sins, adultery and, and, and all types of other sins that people could be involved in. They maybe sit right next to you in the pew at church. It's a broken world, my brothers and sisters, a broken world. And we are called to live in truth, the truth that Jesus proclaimed 2,000 years ago and that the church has taught for those 2,000 years since. And we have to live it. Okay, let me take a break. When I come back, and we'll go back to this. I want to go back to this next uh, next Wednesday. Uh, but when we come back, I do want to go to the Second Vatican Council, Lumen Gentium on the laity. So stay where you are, my friends. There is more to come on Come to Me. that St. Paul Street Evangelization supports hundreds of teams of evangelists sharing the good news. But did you know that some of these teams are public prayer stations? Set up a sign on the sidewalk and offer prayer and encouragement to those you encounter. Everyone needs prayer. Try this new method of witnessing to Jesus. Contact St. Paul Street Evangelization to get started at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Bishop Robert Barron. Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true, and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility 
It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize. Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. And that was the genius of those fellas. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. We have to stop this abortion. We have to stop murdering babies by law. We have to educate our children in the ways of God, not the ways of sex and the ways of, dr of drugs. You say, well, now, Mother, we're not teaching them in the ways of sex. Oh, yes, you are when you start third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Don't fill your minds with that. At that age, you fill your minds with God. And you can give me all the reasons why they have to, they don't have to know. What do they have to know? You don't teach them the Trinity. They're too young for the Trinity. But they're not too young for the stuff you're giving them. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Everyone has to work through mounds of mundane stuff every day. Even the Pope has to rubber stamp a stack of papers today. The question is, what spirit do you bring to that stuff? I was folding laundry the other day for six kids. The mound was huge, and I was starting to get this terrible attitude. Arg, I don't want to be doing this. And I remembered a guy who reached out to our ministry anonymously through an email contact form. He was in a different continent. He said, can someone come visit me? I'm ill. I'm so lonely. I have no friends, no family. He was just reaching out to the internet in desperation. I almost started crying as I folded each shirt. Thank you, God, for the kid who wears this shirt, the wife who wears that dress. Listen, if you have work today, give thanks. And if you have people you love who you're getting to work for, give thanks even more. If you do, your work might still be kind of stinky, but at least you won't be. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. From Yardley to Yardville. Seagirt to Spotswood. Matawan to Manalapan. From Lakewood to Long Branch. Asbury Park to Adelphia. Morrisville to Marlboro. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All right, welcome back on this beautiful February 24th, 2021. A lovely day outside. I hope you're getting a chance to get out there and watch the snow melt. Uh, Mid-50s, sun shining brightly, nice day. It's hard to believe that uh, we had so much snow last week. But anyway, we're back and uh, happy to have you here. Uh, this coming Monday is March 1st already. Wow. And, of course, that means it's first Monday. And that means our good friend, Bruce Tobacco, will be here with his uh, program, Come to the Throne, where we will throw open the prayer tent here at uh, Domestic Church Media and invite you to call in with your special prayer intentions and prayer requests and pray with Bruce live over the air, live at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, I say that now because we do go into other time zones. <laughs> That's exciting. 
Um, and there'll be ways also for you to email or text your prayer request. But that's this coming Monday already, March 1st at 3 o'clock live right here on these domestic church media stations. And we didn't have Come to the Throne this month only because the first Monday in February was a snowstorm. So we didn't get here. But uh, And then this, the third Monday, Cheryl and I were on vacation. But um, anyway, Bruce will be here Monday. Weather looks good. He'll be here. And I know he looks forward to uh, getting behind the mic here in the studio and, and talking and praying with you. So if you have special prayer intentions, special prayer requests, special needs uh, for prayer, need for prayer, someone you know or maybe you've uh, promised to pray for, um, do uh, call in or text or email this Monday, March 1st at uh, 3 o'clock live here and pray with Bruce for Come to the Throne. Uh, also... Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday, I've been looking at our own bulletin board on our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Up at the top, there's a link for the bulletin board. And I see there are a lot of uh, virtual events being posted now, which is great. So check that out because, you know, sometimes uh, in Lent, uh, we're looking for spiritual activities, gatherings, uh, parish missions, perhaps, or other ways to enhance our our spiritual uh, life during this beautiful season, uh, and people are posting. And if you have something coming up or something taking place that you want to promote, same thing. There's a, if you go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the bulletin board link, there's a way for you to uh, give us your information, and uh, it goes through a quick process, and we then we post it a, a day or two later. So um, do that because it's free. There's no charge there, and people do go and check out the bulletin board. And we want to provide an opportunity for you to be able to uh, post your event and let people know what's going on. It's, uh, and that's why we're here. This, uh, I tell you, I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, maybe even a lot of parishes, have not tapped into all that we can do for you. I don't know why, but, uh, you know, we're happy to post your events. We're happy to talk about them if you let us know about them. Um, and even as far as letting people know that we're here, you know, we have wonderful parish liaisons out there doing great work. Um, but, you know, for the most part, if they go to Mass uh, or watch it, people, you know, it's usually on Sundays or Saturday evening, most people can't get to daily Mass, um, but we have the Mass broadcast every day here at noon. But between, I would say, between Sundays, you know, how do you maintain that uplifting spirit that you received uh, through Word and Sacrament at Holy Mass on Sunday until next Sunday? You stay with us. You know, if you go to the conservative talk shows, you go to the sports stations. I put on a sports station this morning because I figured it's getting close to baseball season. Are they talking baseball yet? Literally, I would listen for less than five minutes. The, the talk was disgusting. Uh, it was um, vile and vulgar. Who wants to listen to that? You know, so I put on Father John Ricardo that we have on 8 o'clock in the morning, and he uplifted my spirits. So I'm learning my lesson. Uh, you know, it's just that we, that we need this. So anyway, get the word out there. Uh, and uh, if you have anything happening that you'd like us to promote, go to our bulletin board and post it, and we'll get it on there for you. All right, let's go to 
Lumen Gentium. And this is the dogmatic constitution on the church from the Second Vatican Council. And there is a section in here, chapter 4 of Lumen Gentium, on the laity. And, you know, we hear a lot of talk occasionally about all the things that maybe a pastor or a priest or a bishop or a pope isn't doing right. But we have to look at ourselves. We are the majority in this church. And what are we doing to build up the body of Christ here on earth? What are we doing to build up the kingdom? You know, when this document came out in 1964, Lumen Gentium, it was a big change because it used to be that the old school way of of uh, our church was you had the pastor and the assistant priests and the bishops and the nuns, and they were the ones who were the authority in the church, and we just kind of sat back and let them do all the, 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 the heavy work. But things have changed. You know, it used to be. And I, when I was going to school, and I went to Catholic school all my life, there were a lot more nuns than there were lay people. Uh, we had three or four priests in our parish. You know, it was just thriving. And in those days, 85% of people who considered themselves Catholics were going to Mass every week, supporting their church. So much so, we went to a parish school, uh, a parish uh, elementary school and high school, my, my uh, sisters and brother and I, at St. Peter's up in New Brunswick, now closed, sadly. Um, but in 1964, my father told me many years ago, when my sister started there in high school, at St. Peter's High School in 1964, the tuition was $25 for high school, Catholic high school, $25. But, you know, the parish was thriving, and, and people were supporting the parish. Things changed. But anyway, back in 1964, the Council Fathers, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I believe, foresaw all of what was going to be needed in the church in the next 50, 60, 70 years. And here we are over 50 years later. Listen to what the Council Fathers wrote. Having made clear the functions of the hierarchy, the Holy Council is pleased to turn its attention to the state of those Christians who are called the laity. Everything that has been said of the people of God is addressed equally to laity, religious, and clergy. Because of their situation and mission, however, certain things pertain particularly to the laity both men and women, the foundations of which must be more fully examined owning to the special circumstances of our time. Again, 1964. The pastors, indeed, know well how much the laity contribute to the welfare of the whole church, for they know that they themselves were not established by Christ to undertake alone the whole salvific mission of the church to the world but that it is their exalted office so to be shepherds of the faithful and also recognize the latter's contribution and charisms that everyone in his own way will, with one mind, cooperate in the common task. For all must practice the truth in love and so grow up in all things in him who is the head. Christ, for from him the whole body being closed, uh, closely joined and knit together 
through every joint of the system according to the functioning of the due measure of each single part derives its increase to the building up of itself in love. So my brothers and sisters, this whole building up of the body of Christ is not left up to just the hierarchy and the, the men and women religious. We're part of this. And the fathers, the council fathers in 1964, obviously were emphasizing that. They said the term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful except those in holy orders and those who belong to a religious state approved by the church. That is, the faithful who by baptism are incorporated into Christ, are placed in the people of God, and in their own way share the priestly, prophetic, and kingly office of Christ, and to the best of their ability carry on the mission of the whole Christian people in the church and in the world. I know I say it every year, but we're coming up, you know, in another five weeks, we're going to enter into the Easter season. And the Easter season, the first reading at every Mass is from the Acts of the Apostles, the early church, the first century church. I, I often have thought we now, the state of our church in today's culture, we're thinking, as I said earlier, you know, people are thinking, what do we do if the people don't come back? How can we bring them back? How can we keep them here? How can we get them excited about their faith, uh, young and old alike? But you go back to the first century church, and the church grew so rapidly. Of course, the, the Holy Spirit was behind that. But the same spirit alive today, obviously, the same spirit working today in the church. What's the difference? The people, the inspiration, the desire, the understanding, the knowledge of our faith of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means today to be a Catholic in today's world. We're not there yet, obviously. We have a number of weeks to go. But when we get to the Easter season and you listen to the first reading, and if you can and you can't get to daily Mass, please, you can do the readings. In fact, we send out something every day um, with our program information. And I've included in there now the, the, the noon mass and the readings of the day. The readings of the day are in our free mobile app every day. The, the, the day's readings are there. It would behoove us all to really pay very close attention to the first reading during the Easter season from the Acts of the Apostles and see how the church grew and why the church grew. It wasn't just the apostles, the hierarchy. It was the people. The people who, who understood what their belief in Christ meant in their lives, who understood what belief in Christ required in their lives. It wasn't just a badge you put on, a name tag. I'm a Catholic, or in those days I'm a Christian, and that got you through life. That's not how it works. You know, we're not going to walk up to the pearly gates 
on the day that we transition from this life into the next and, you know, wear an I'm a Catholic cap that's going to get us into in through those gates. What did we do while we were here? How do we live? And the Council Fathers remind us that the laity are in our role and by virtue of our baptism that we in our own way share in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly office of Christ. They wrote, their secular character is proper and peculiar to the laity. Although those in holy orders may sometimes be engaged in secular activities or even practice a secular profession, yet by reason of their particular vocation, they are principally and expressly ordained to the sacred ministry. At the same time, religious give outstanding and striking testimony that the world cannot be transfigured and offered to God without the spirit of the Beatitudes. But by reason of their special vocation, it belongs to the laity to seek the kingdom of God by engaging in temporal affairs and directing them according to God's will. They live in the world. That is, they are engaged in each and every work and business of the earth and in the ordinary circumstances of social and family life, which, as it were, constitute their very existence. You know, the world over the past number of decades has done everything it can to squelch our practicing our faith openly. It wasn't always that way. You know, I remember, again, many, many, many years ago, I was a child in the early 1960s, and I have this. I still have this memory, this this scene in my mind. I don't know why. It was Good Friday morning. It was a spring day, and we were out in the street playing ball. But then, right around noon, my father was coming home from work, and I I still have this image of my father driving home and pulling into the driveway. We were in the street with our, you know, baseball stuff. I was surprised. It was Friday. He was coming home early. What's going on? But in those days, and he worked as a chemist for a chemical company. In those days, it was not unusual for businesses and stores, and and, and they were talking secular establishments, to shut down at noon on Good Friday as our Lord began his passion. Remember a few years ago, well, a few, probably closer to 20 years ago, when uh, I believe it was the Yankees in New York had a game scheduled on Good Friday for 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and it was at Cardinal Cook, the late Cardinal Cook, said, I'll never go to another ball game again. How dare you? But you see, we've 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 lost all of that. We've lost all of that. I I had a friend uh, when I was in my secular job, and so we're talking 20, 25 years ago, but um, she was from Ghana in Africa. And it was Holy Week, and I was te- you know I was working in my job, and she was she was my assistant, one of my teaching assistants, training assistants. And we we were talking about 
the faith. She was Catholic. And she said she was very disappointed when she came to this country to see how little respect Americans had for Good Friday. She said in Ghana, in Ghana, everything shut down. And people, you know, would, would, would have uh, these uh, processions and but the whole, it wasn't just a, a Catholic thing. It was, it was the whole, just part of their culture. You know, we've lost that. So now, as Catholics, we're, we're, in, we're still in the world. And, of course, this was written over 50 years ago. But the fathers, the council fathers said, we live, they, they, they lay people live in the world and we are, and they are engaged in each and every work and business of the earth, and in the ordinary circumstances of social and family life, which, as it were, constitute their very existence. There, they are called by God, that being led by the Spirit to the gospel, they may contribute to the sanctification of the world, as from within, like leaven, by fulfilling their own particular duties. That's an enormous responsibility that we have as lay people. We are called by God, led by the Spirit to the gospel, that we may contribute to the sanctification of the world. You know, we we can complain all we want about the world and about leadership of the world, and but you know, we're called to contribute to the sanctification of this world from within, the fathers say, like, like leaven, by fulfilling our own particular duties. They write, thus especially by the witness of their life, resplendent in faith, hope, and charity, they must manifest Christ to others. It pertains to them in a special way so to illumine and order all temporal things with which they are so closely associated that these may be effected and grow according to, the, to Christ and may be to the glory of the Creator and the Redeemer. By how we live our lives. And there's a battle out there. You know, the spiritual battle rages on. As I said, as you know, uh, the past number of years, the past number of decades, we've been told to keep our faith hidden under a bushel, keep our light hidden under the bed. Don't talk about that Jesus. Don't talk about God. But we're called to contribute to the sanctification of the world by our witness to our faith. Not that we're blaming the lack of faith in the world on Catholic lay people, but are we living up to our baptismal call and how we live and how we give witness to that, to illumine others and to bring Christ to others? It's, it's just starts with how we live. This is why, to me, it is so... Uh, disappointing when I see Catholics at each other's throats, when I see Catholics pointing fingers and judging each other. There's, all right, fraternal correction is one thing, but uncharitable actions and words and behavior is another. 
If we can't get along with each other, how are we giving witness to the world? If we try to strike down each other and try to tear down each other, no one wants to join a church that's tearing itself down. People want to belong to a church that's building up the kingdom. So these are very, very uh, uh, strong words and a, a very strong exhortation from the fathers of the Second Vatican Council. This is why I love to go back to this book, these documents. How many Catholics today even know they exist? They hear the term Second Vatican Council. Oh yeah, that that meant we'd have to go to we'd have to eat meat on Fridays anymore. <laughs> That's the extent of their knowledge of the Second Vatican Council. Oh, yeah, that meant the nuns don't have to wear their habits anymore. There's so much more in here about, and I remember Bishop O'Connell uh, telling me a number of years ago, saying that it's been tradition and uh, historical tradition that whenever the church has these councils, that it takes about 50 years for the dust to settle and the smoke to clear. <laughs> And the documents take on and and a, a, a true uh, deep meaning. So think about this, especially in today's world, as laity, what our role is in this world to contribute to the sanctification of the world by our Christian witness. All right, we'll go. To, I'll do more of this too. All right, but I got to go now, though. Time's up. Only have an hour, but I will be back tomorrow, God willing. It's Catechism Day, so come back for that. Stay tuned now for Cresta in the afternoon. Followed by Catholic Answers Live. Great being with you. Thanks for being with me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you.